right, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Relationship Church Bible Class, or RCBC, as I like to call it. Um, we're going to go right into things. We're not going to belabor the time. Um, hopefully, we don't uh, run out of time today, uh, but we're going to take our time and go through these uh the scriptures on the day ask if everyone would open their bibles to luke chapter 10 luke chapter 10 and we're gonna start with verse one and uh hopefully my presentation is a little better than it was last time still rushed but um hopefully no typos this go around all right uh, Luke 10, 1, and all of the uh, scriptures listed here are done so in the New King James Version. Luke 10 and 1 says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. All right. So it says after these things that the Lord appointed the 70 others also. Well, after what things? After what things? Uh, Ryan spoke about these in our last Bible class, uh, closing things out. So let, let's go to them. Uh, so let's go back to Luke chapter nine, uh, verses 57 through 62. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, so you're speaking about after speaking to three different men regarding following him. And this first one, he was all gung ho. Like, Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Wherever you go, I'm going. Kind of like a, 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 a little mini Peter, Peter Jr. Um, you know, wherever you go, I'm going, Lord. I, I'm there. Then he found out about the living accommodations. Like, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm down to be homeless. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, I'm rolling with the, with the king of kings. You know, at least, you know, we're staying in the, the executive suite. You know, the, the something, you know, it doesn't have to be the presidential, but, you know, at least the executive suite. When he found out, though, things change and, and, and his view of things change. Then there was another uh, verse says that he said to another, follow me. The first one uh, came to him and the second one said, follow me. But he said, the Lord, let me or said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. So uh, the other one, he was called, but he had excuses. Like, you know, I'll do it on my own time, you know, kind of non-committal. I, yeah, I'll do it, but uh, let me go dairy, bury the dead first and, and then I'll come. You know, and the Lord's like, no, uh -uh, let, let the dead take care of the dead. You come with me now. And then the last one, he came with a condition. So another one also said, Lord, I'll follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. 
But Jesus said to him, none having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, you know, pretty much he was saying, you know, let me get this, this, you know, this sinning and, and this lifestyle out of my system first. You know, let, let me let me kick it while I, I'm young, you know, and then, you know, maybe you know, I hit 50, 60 ish. You know, I'll go ahead and, and turn my life over to you at that time. Can't do it with conditions and you don't know what tomorrow holds. Um, but he didn't want to lose his hold on the world as of yet. And there are many people that are like this. We, we see this a lot with church kids uh, who know the ways of God are right, but they want to have fun in the world. Not knowing that or, or maybe knowing, but just just about uh, killing themselves with a poisonous lifestyle that the enemy is portrayed as being life giving. We think that's life. We think that's living. But it's the exact opposite, as are many things that the enemy would bring our way. All right. Hold on. Let me go back. So um, in going back to verse one, he appointed those 70 others so 70 other disciples that he appointed and he sent them out two by two and he sent them to all the places that he was about to go so kind of puts you in mind of john the baptist who prepared the way for the lord uh he went out before him and and uh made the the rough places smooth and the the valleys high and brought the mountains down low uh these disciples these other 70 disciples they went out to the cities ahead of time they, they were kind of like the um, uh the opening act uh you know they'll go in and kind of get things started uh set up shop and and get the people ready for jesus to come in he sent them out two by two just as he sent the original 12 out two by two. Um, so it just kind of made me think of, of different duos. And, uh, you know, just in, in chat, drop in chat, name, name some duos, some different duos that um, that you know of. Yeah, a bunch of excuses. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, Paul and Silas, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? Paul and Silas, as you can see, I, I had worldly uh, duos. The, the Lord uh, helped me. <laughs> I had Batman and Robin and then Thelma and Louise and uh, uh, Jordan and Pippin. Uh, all right. Any other duos that, that you all can think of? Just just random. Sh uh, just drop them in the chat. What other duos are out there? Will and Jada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, that's a duo in name. <laughs> Bert and Ernie, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, yes. All of those are uh, duos. Deborah and Barack. That's a good one, Sharita. Deborah and Barack. All right. When I think of duos, or, and so let me take it back. I put up all these pictures of duos, but honestly, when I was sitting down and I was putting this together, the duo that I thought of was Adam and Eve. So... Let's go real quick. Barnabas and John Mark. Good one. Good one, Elder Neal. Good one. I'm going to share because I didn't make a slide for this. Um, so I'll just pull it up and I'll share with you. But go to uh, Genesis 
Uh, if you've got your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to start with verse 18. Let's talk about this duo. The first duo, or at least the first human duo that we are, uh, that we've had. All right. All right, Genesis chapter 2, starting with verse 18. Let me change this to the New King James Version. I don't know why the app always does that, defaults to this other version. All right, so 2 and 18. Excuse me. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone, but I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living, uh-oh. Okay, things dropped and came back up on my hand. Uh, check one, two, three. Okay, I see I've got volume. All right, we'll continue. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. He slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So the first human duo that we know of was Adam and Eve. The Lord had brought, as we just read, the Lord brought all the animals to Adam first because he saw that it wasn't good that man would be alone. So he brought all those animals to him, let Adam name the animals. But he saw that 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 wasn't going to do it. So, you know, you can have a dog. Dogs are good and cats are good. I guess I don't really like cats, but a lot of people do. So I'm not going to uh, pet shame anyone. Um, you know, but you, you can have all those things, and they're good. They're good. Com- they're good companions. But that was not. It, it wasn't the best that God had for us. And you know, He brought them and said, "Okay, no, uh-uh, there, there needs to be someone else or something else." So He made Eve, and when He did, Adam was like, "Yes, that's it. Good job, Daddy. Good job. That's the one. Bone of my bone." flesh of my flesh and though he was under anesthesia for the first surgery that was also known to man Adam had self-awareness and had enough awareness to know that when he saw Eve that this was someone taken out of him this was a part of him that was no longer physically connected to him but now standing in front of him which that that just you know kind of blows my mind that, that when he saw her he knew even though it's the first time he's ever seen her he knew you came out of me there's a part of me that is no longer within me but is now standing in front of her. 
though what he needed was already in him, it wasn't where he needed it to be. You may have a valuable piece of property, um, you know, an heirloom or a painting or something of that nature uh, that has quite a bit of value to it, but if you need to pay a bill, you know, or something breaks down and you need to repair it, that's nice and it's good and it has what you need, but it's not in the form that you need. You have to go take it and and change it over uh, into another uh, form of, of currency or value, and then you could use it. once you liquid liquefy it or you know make it liquid, make it cash, then you can use it for what you need it. And that's what happened really with, with Adam, even though he had in him the things that he needed in order to really use it as in, in the fashion that was going to be best for him because being alone was not good. Eve had to come out. And sometimes you have to go through different processes uh, in order to get what you need and get those things that are needed in you, out of you, so that you can use them. All right. Um, so, you know, again, we're seeing one of the first duos, one of the people that were together, the uh, the disciples were sent out two by two sent out together because uh, it's better for them to be together than to be separate um, alright I know we have a raise your hand feature um, let's let's raise your hand Ra raise your hand if you like being rejected right, I'll wait a moment to see uh, I'm looking at the participants to see whose hand is raised alright those all right, don't, don't be shy if you like being rejected raise your hand I don't see anybody raising their hand, so I take it that no one likes being rejected. We need each other. We need each other. We need people. Adam, unfortunately, ushered sin in by allowing himself to be deceived and trading the truth of God for a lie. He idolized uh, the thing, idolized the, the possibility of having knowledge versus worshiping the creator who gave knowledge and who, who made all these different things. Because of that, sin not everyone has a significant other unfortunately uh yes he sent them out two by two yes uh he's showing us that it's important that uh we're together and that we have someone to to kind of lean on but uh as far as a husband wife situation that's not going to happen for uh everyone um but that doesn't negate the fact that we still were made to be uh, in relationship uh, with others. Uh, that specific portion of things may not be fulfilled, but we still need people. We, we can't isolate ourselves. I know, especially in this COVID-19 season, um, it's been bad for hermits like me who kind of like being at home. I can be at home. I can put the stuff on my TV. I don't have to bother with anybody. I don't have to be bothered with the exception of Nathan coming in and tickling me uh, whenever he decides to interact. Um, I really don't have to be bothered with, with anyone, but I need that. I, I need to interact with people. Uh, we all need to interact with people. We need each other. Uh, makes me think of the song by Here's Guy Walker. I need you to survive. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's family. All right. And it's scriptural. You know, not only did he send these two out uh, together, that he also um, shows us that we need each other to survive. There's some scriptures. As soon as I find 
my controls, I will share my screen so that you can see said scriptures. All right, so Psalms 133 verse one says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a tri, I'm sorry, triple braided cord is not easily broken. I know we were speaking about uh, love relationships before. You see this scripture being used uh, often now in place of maybe a, uh, a candle ceremony or um, a sand ceremony. You may see uh, the three corded, uh, uh, three cord braided cord, I should say, uh, triple braided cord. And they'll say that that third cord is uh, the Lord, which is good. Hey, you know, if you, you want to be married and you want it to be a three uh, cord, a three strand cord, and you want the Lord to be that third cord, that is excellent. It's not what this scripture is saying per se, but it's it's uh, it's excellent if, if that's how you want to apply. And then Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near so here here are some scriptural evidences for you or evidences i'm not sure what the plural uh, is per se but uh, you all know what I'm, I'm trying to say here's some evidence for you that the lord wants for us to be together and when he set out not only the original 12 but then also the additional 70 you won't find this specific account in any of the other uh, forms of the gospel it's only here in Luke uh, but when he sent them out he sent them out two by two alright let's keep things going so you know just again looking at this, this aspect of things we here at Relationship Church are made to be in relationship with one another um, here is our statement of belief we believe the greatest and most important relationship is with jesus christ we are committed to growing together together that means you can't be alone growing together and establishing a deeper relationship with christ once this is at the forefront of your thinking we believe all other relationships are placed in proper order and importance our goal is always a deeper relationship with Christ. And this is something that um, Ryan has really kind of been stressing over uh, the past couple Sundays. I don't know if y'all have uh, paid attention to that or not, but he's been speaking about, hey, you know, are we standing with one another? And I see I see your, your statement, Elvin. You're absolutely right. Where two or three are gathered in my name, uh, there I'm in the midst. But it's important for us to be together, to spend time with one another, to check on one another. Luke 10 verse 2, just keeping things moving. Then he said to them, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. 
got to have people out doing things. And uh, it made me think of uh, you know this, because again, like I said, Ryan has really been saying, hey, have you checked on your your loved one in Christ that you haven't seen recently? You know, am, am I my brother's keeper? Uh, famous uh, statement from the, um, the cult favorite film, uh, New Jack City. Am, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. CMB, we all we got. Well, no, not CMB. Relationship Church and the body of Christ uh, is who we have. Anyway, I, I digress. Um, but have you done that? Have you checked on your brother and sister? Have you reached out to them? Have you made sure that they're okay? Are you uh, praying with them regarding certain things? As the Lord sent them out, he sent them out and spoke and said, look, the the harvest is so plentiful. It's so much harvest out there, but it's not enough. It's really not enough people out there doing, it. you know, as your brother's keeper, are you going out? Are you, you looking to do the, the will and the work of the Lord? Are you looking to, to harvest uh, the, the field that's so ripe and ready? A lot of times within church yeah, just the, the way that we structure things, um, especially here in the U.S., church has a, a field of dreams syndrome. It's like if, if you build it, they will come. But that's not what he says. He, he got the disciples together and told them to go out in chapter 14. Um, go back in chapter 14 of Luke says to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in this was a parable uh, where he was speaking about the kingdom of heaven but uh, the master of the household when those that he'd invited did not receive his invitation or they they like uh, the people at the end of chapter 9 had excuses or you know had other stuff going on and said that they couldn't make it the uh, Lord then, the Lord of the household then compelled his servants to go out and go get the people in, get, get the homeless, get 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 somebody, get somebody to come to the the feast of the Lord, to the wedding feast uh, of the Lord. So yeah, it uh, says, compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. Just, just think about how many crops out there have you seen that that uproot themselves and go into the barn on their own. I don't know of any. The The farmer has to go out and spends a lot of money on machinery uh, to go out and, and get the crops and things of that nature. These disciples were sent out to make the way and prepare so that the crops can be received. And likewise, uh, we as the disciples of the Lord need to do the same. So, uh, Verse three says it, you know, just to make things clear, it says, go your way. Behold, I send you out. I'm sending you out. I, I didn't say stand here and then they'll come in. No, I'm sending you out. And not only am I sending you out, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. So you're going out as innocent. You're, you're going out as, as, um, well, in, innocent is a, is a good word. Naive somewhat uh at least with with what this is saying here uh among wolves among ravenous wolves there there 
are those out there that look to devour the flock of God. But he, he's sending them out to go and draw them in. And he tells them, carry neither money, uh, money bag, nor uh, knapsack, which is just, you know, traveling bag. Uh, don't kick, take another uh, pair of sandals and don't greet anyone on the uh, excuse me uh, don't greet anyone along the road so stay focused on the mission stay focused on what it is that you're here to do go out and get the people and prepare them for what I have to do within those different cities you know they, they kind of uh, with a street team feeling people out and, and um, trying to set up shops so that Jesus could come in now, um, don't quote me, but I feel like this uh, this portion of the scripture here where it says, you know, uh, carry neither money, bag or knapsack or sandals. When you read it in the King James Version, uh, you know, speaks about uh, take nothing for your journey. And I think this is where a lot of our uh, church cliché come from you know I, I take nothing from my journey now no okay he, he was literally saying don't take anything while you're journeying just you know just just go and it was more so as we look on in, in verse five it was more so an exercise of faith you know versus you know I, I wouldn't give up uh, the things I've gone through for my journey yeah that's good but if they were pulling that from the scripture not the, uh, the proper use of it verse 5 it says but wherever house you enter first say peace to this house so when you, when you step in you give the greeting of peace verse 6 and if a son of peace is there your peace will rest on it if not it will return to you that that word son of peace or I should say that that um, that statement that phrase son of peace you know it really kind of jumped out I was like wow okay what what's a son of peace a son of peace is someone who who will receive peace so i here I, let me read this in the amplified version because it helps to explain i like how it reads there better it says and if anyone of peace is there so someone who is sweet-spirited and hospitable your blessing of peace will rest on him if not, it will return to you. Um, and like I said, I like this version because it really kind of breaks down what that son of peace is and what this this is. The, the, that greeting of peace also means that you are blessing them with peace. You're blessing that household with peace. And if there's someone there who can receive that peace, they will. Otherwise, it'll come back to you. Have you ever said hello to someone and they looked at you real crazy? <laughs> I had a situation once where um, I was at a convention uh, and I saw uh, one of the bishops and, you know, we'll say, we'll call them Bishop Gobstopper. And I was just walking through the, uh, walking through the hallways and I saw the bishop, you know, we were crossing. And I said, oh, praise the Lord, Bishop Gobstopper. And they looked at me in such a way oh my goodness i mean not only did they mean mug me but they turned around and looked at me as they were walking on their way uh praise was like man I, all i said was praise the lord you know i, I didn't say 
um, you know, anything disparaging about you, I, I, I don't understand. So my greeting, my, my uh, blessing of peace did not uh, rest upon Bishop Gobstopper. It was returned to me because he wouldn't receive it. That's what um, that that that's what this scripture is, is kind of talking about, kind of helping to put it uh, into into to everyday terms. You know, just an example. Right. Verses seven through nine, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house, whatever city you enter. And they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Uh, Ryan taught us uh, as we kind of got into things over a month ago, but you know, a couple weeks back, that the kingdom of God is speaking about uh, the church. And that the, the church is coming near you Didn't say that it has come Because again these are disciples uh, These This is street team They're preparing the way Hasn't come because Jesus hadn't come to them yet But it's come near you because his representatives Have come uh, Near you Th This is all There's a lot in this little portion uh, One thing that I say about it is As far as the church is concerned excuse me this is really kind of setting up how we should handle um, the affairs of the church how we should handle things in this uh, new testament this new covenant we're not under the old covenant where the tithe comes into the house anymore and things of that nature it's uh, more so by free will offering and giving and he's establishing this here with these disciples. That's why it says, don't take anything. Don't, you know, don't try to do anything. Go and I will. That was an exercise of faith. Go and I'll provide for you. If you go and you do my will and you do my work, you know, don't try to make it happen yourself. But if you go as I'm sending you, I'll provide for you. And he puts that responsibility on those who are being ministered to. So that's why I say, you know, go and if they receive you, then go in there and stay there. Don't don't go jumping around from place to place and house to house. You know, yeah, this house may have, uh, you know, a bit better accommodations or they may have, you know, uh, more food or whatever. No, don't do that. You know, or and don't try to make the way for yourself. You know, OK, well, if I go over here this time and, and then I go over here the next time, then it won't be uh, so burdensome on the people no go and receive whatever it is that they're giving you don't feel bad about being compensated it is uh, one of the the themes that the lord is giving to these disciples as he's sending them out stay there and take care of them spiritually and let them take care of you naturally again this is a uh this is a shadow of or i should say this is the framework that the Lord has established for the upkeep of the ministry in the uh, in this new covenant. All right, let's continue on. Um, I don't have verse ten here for some reason, but I'll um, I'll just read the things I have because I don't have verse ten. I can't go back and grab it. Uh, but 
he says to them, if they don't receive you, then uh, the very dust of the city which clings to us wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than for that city. So he's saying, hey, go out and um, see if they will receive you. Not just a specific house that receives peace, but if the city itself will receive. Because everyone won't receive. There will be some that reject. But he's saying here, if they reject you, then I want you also to reject them. I don't want you to even have the dust of that city on your being. Get it all off. Wipe it off. Shake it off. Don't take any piece of it with you and let that be a sign for them regarding the rejection of me because I'm sending you and just like uh, Jehovah uh, our father sent uh, Jesus manifest himself in, in Jesus uh, to save Jesus was sending them out to represent him so their rejection just like with um, Samuel when, when he got uh, all upset and bent out of shape when Israel asked for a king he said um, uh, don't be upset they're not rejecting you they're rejecting me and likewise these cities that did not receive the street team the 70 uh, were rejecting God himself yeah uh, Elder Neal that, that is saying a lot that um, Sodom it'll be better for Sodom than in that or I should say than in those cities now in different versions uh, it says things differently um, but we're, we're, we'll continue to read on so in verse 13 it says woe to you Chorazin woe to you Bethsaida for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ash. So here it is. He, he's, uh, he's heaping on uh, even more shame regarding things. You know, it, it would be better for Sodom, this city that is known for uh, its immorality and, and the fact that they were uh, looking to do the despicable things that they were looking to do to complete strangers, not knowing that they were angels, not knowing that they were sent by God, but that they were looking to do uh, to them and being burnt, uh, being the, the first city you know that, that was destroyed with fire. Uh, we know the world will be destroyed with fire uh, in the last days, but uh, the first city to be destroyed with fire was Sodom and Gomorrah, or I should say the, the first uh, area, the first region. It was a sister city. Kind of just like here with Tyre and Sidon. Uh, those are sister cities. Uh, but again, he, he's speaking words of condemnation. And he's speaking them regarding uh, three cities. So he says, woe to you, Chorazin. Or Chorazin. I'm, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Woe to you, Bethsaida. That one I do know how to pronounce. So woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you have been done 
in Tyre and Sidon, which again, like I said, it's a sister city like Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Verse 14. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, which is the third city that he speaks of here, you, Capernaum, who have exalted, um, or I should say, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So, you know, a lot of what I was saying on the other slides. Uh, here Jesus is uh, wrapping up for us and uh, stating it look if they hear me then they hear who sent me but if they reject you they're rejecting me and they're rejecting he who sent me just to, to give some some background on these cities uh, and give a, a better feel for things as you can see uh, Bethsaida Chorazin, uh, Chorazin, and Capernaum were all here together. Now, some say that there's more than one Bethsaida and that the other one is, is a bit f farther off, not necessarily in this region. Um, one thing that we do know regarding Bethsaida and these cities is that there was a lot of uh, of miracles that happened in Bethsaida, whether it's this one or some other one. There were many, many miracles that the Lord and his disciples did in this region and in these cities uh, here in the, the, the region of Galilee. Like I said, uh, Tyre and Sidon were uh, sister cities and they thought that, that Sidon might be older than uh, Tyre because the Greek poet Homer, the one who wrote the Iliad, he talked of having some Sidonian wares, so items and things that have been made uh, inside, but he didn't say anything about Tyre, which is why people think that um, Sidon was the first city and then uh, Tyre uh, was there with it. Excuse me. Um, it's also thought that Sidon was ransacked by someone and then everyone kind of moved and migrated to Tyre, which is the reason why they say them. Uh, together, this is a city within, or I should say, uh, near Lebanon. Tyre uh, is is close to Lebanon and, and close to Israel, uh, as such. Just to give you an idea of why Tyre and Sidon was looked at so uh, poorly and so despicably by the Lord. This is the city that Jezebel was from. Her. Uh, one of her parents was the leader of Tyre and they became the leader of Tyre by way of coup so they they stood up and they, they got all the military might and they went and took over Tyre and then they were ruling Tyre and Jezebel is a direct descendant of them and again using that spirit of, of usurping uh, also Tyre gave Israel up to Edom. They were in league with Tyre. Uh, and and you, you, when you look back at um, Hiram, King Hiram uh, was from that area, was from Tyre. 
and we know that he gave lots and lots of of cedars from lebanon because again uh lebanon bordered tire so he provided all this wood and uh the, the carpenters and the skilled craftsmen to go and work with and for david as well as solomon in building david's uh palace and uh different things for solomon including and most importantly the temple david and uh hiram were also business partners they, they had some some things going on so you know uh, tyre and israel you know they they were they were they were tight at one point they they had a good working relationship and there was a um there was a treaty between them there was an agreement between tyre and israel and tyre gave up israel to edom you know the edom are the descendants of esau so they gave him over to Edom, uh, who still had beef with Israel. Not only did they do that, but later on down the line, they sold them to the Greeks as slaves. So it's not going to be good for the inhabitants of Tyre and Sidon at the time of judgment because of all of the evil things that they have done to the children of Israel. Now, granted, um, you know, I mean, it's still there. Or I should say the region is still there. But as far as being the kingdom that it was in antiquity, uh, that's not the case. Ezekiel chapter uh, 26 speaks about the prophecy that the Lord gave Ezekiel regarding uh, Tyre and Sidon and their destruction. And historians, uh, historians attribute that in two parts uh, about Two, three hundred years apart from each other. Uh, that it started off with Nebuchadnezzar around 585 BC going in and, and sacking uh, the land and, and uh, raiding it and things of that nature. And it was capped off by Alexander the Great in 332 BC. So th this city was, th this area was not good, but it's going to be better for this city that turned their back on the children of Israel sold them off into slavery, uh, delivered them into the hands of their enemies, then it will be for those who did not receive the people, the, the street team, the 70, that the Lord sent out before him to prepare the way for places that he was going to go and minister. So, you know, just, just a, a bit of background and, and a bit of information on that. Uh, we're coming to a close. So in recapping things, one, there is strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. Uh, we were not made to be alone. We were made to be in relationship and in fellowship with one another. Uh, with that being said, this is our church. Relationship church is your church. Not just, oh, yeah, this is my church. This is where I go. No, relationship church belongs to you. You, you have you are a stakeholder in relationship church therefore as a stakeholder as a pillar of the church you need to check on your people check on your family don't just you know leave them out there well i haven't seen or i haven't heard from this person you know i wonder how they are no check on them find out how are they doing what's going on in their lives uh provide for the body excuse me we do that with our time and our uh talents and our gifting so 
make sure that the body that your church is provided for and then also attend to the things that you see need work oftentimes the stuff that you see and that you think needs to be done the reason that you see it needs to be done and that you think it needs to be done is because god's giving that uh giving you that to to do so as you see the different things that you know are going on that um that the church needs do those things because the lord isn't causing you or allowing you to see it for no reason last but not least be alert be alert see what's going on in the world see how the lord is moving in this day and in this age uh, that that'll help you with noticing the signs and being able to receive him versus rejecting him as some of these cities did because by rejecting the signs by rejecting the messengers they rejected the king who then in turn rejected them all right that's it that's all i have for tonight i had a feeling that it might be a little shorter than normal uh, that might be able to get everyone out a little early uh, and it looks like i can questions questions at this time church family yes sir uh, elder neil church family okay, any questions or comments at this time all right elder neil's giving me the thumbs up appreciate it sir thank you much uh, anyone else have anything if not we're gonna pray and get on out of here